You would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. When I dare to challenge the system that would relegate us to victims and stereotypes with no clear historical backgrounds, no hopes or talents, when I questioned that method of portrayal, a different path opened up for me. The path to my destiny. Hey, queens and kings. What we were able to just listen to is an amazing graduation speech, which was given by the late Chadwick Bosman. And I found it so important not only to acknowledge him this week and his work, but it is so mind-blowing how this little snippet goes exactly with everything that I will be discussing in today's episode. Really just examining what our dreams and our passions are and understanding who we are as people and trying to figure out our place in life. I was able to read a passage this week and it stated, your dream is exactly and precisely located where all your talents, abilities, desires, passions, etc. They all come together. Your dream is located right in the heart of your greatest strengths, your most amazing talents, and your strongest desires. So for today's episode, I had the amazing opportunity to sit down with a king. Yes, queens, our first male guest. I had the opportunity to sit down with a king who would like to be introduced as Chef Bentley. He is the executive chef and part owner of Surfer's Turf alongside his partner, Gamil, a.k.a. G. These two amazing men own a restaurant which is located in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And their opening day was January 26th. And since then, they have been able to host a variety of foods from wings, burgers, cheesesteaks, fried whiting, catfish, crab bites, seafood boils. <laughs> Please, let's not get lost in the menu because really, what we're really going to hear today is what happens when you chase a dream? And will you continue to chase that dream even when the road is rough? Even when it doesn't make the money that you want, even when you're facing trials. So I'm going to stop rambling and, you know, let's get into today's topic. Hey, queens, welcome to Crown Thoughts, the podcast, a safe space for women of all kinds and for women of all walks of life to come together and chat. Crown Thoughts, the podcast, is a movement of vibes, which encourages its listeners to dig deep and reflect. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. Okay. (laughs) Okay, okay. 
So typically when I start interviews, I like to do some icebreaker questions just to get everyone comfortable in having a conversation. Uh, but for you, I'm going to switch it up just a little bit because I know that you are always listening to the podcast and I feel like you probably know yeah. most of the questions that I've asked before. Yes, I'm an avid listener. <laughs> All right. So question one, what's your stance on global warming? My stance on global warming is that we're just abusing the planet. You know, it's always says Mother Nature uh, gives and uh, receives. So that's why I say we, we see more hurricanes. We see Antarctica, like 40 degrees a couple of years ago. So global warming exists. You know, we've never lived in a, t- a time where, you know, so much pollution and we treat the right. world atrocious. So. There's only so much you can do to to the world for it to be, for it to end up being, you don't even know what season it is. You go outside, it's winter, come back in summer, you just don't know. So yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree there is some global warming going on. (laughs) It's funny. I didn't expect you to answer the question. It really was supposed to be a joke, but you actually answered it, which is awesome. Okay. So I think we're going to have a good conversation. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was I wondering know, if you was going to keep going with it. That's so funny. <laughs> no, it's cool. So, yeah. would you rather always speak the truth or always tell a lie? I will always want to speak the truth. Why is that? Because once you speak the truth, once you speak the truth, it's done. Mm. Once you tell a lie, you have to continue. Right, you got to keep it going. Continue. And then the lie has to get crazier after the next one. (laughs) Just speak the truth, you know? Right. Okay. Um, For my last question, I wanted to do something that was food-related. So since you are a chef, what is one food or one dish that you can never bring yourself to eat? Oh, this is easy. Um, It's okra. Okra. I, I hate okra. I don't like okra because my nana, she's Jamaican, she's Jamaican. Mm-hmm. So now it's one of those things that when I see it, it's just so slimy. And I know a lot of people say okra's good for you, but I just can't, I can't hack it. I can't hack okra. See, I'm thinking you were going to say like chocolate covered roaches or <laughs> escargot. Okra's not that bad. I've actually had it, but I've had it fried, so it's not slimy. Uh, but I'm also one of those, yeah. I'll try anything once. So. Right. Now, I had, fr- I had frog ears before. That was interesting. Frogs have I ears? Oh, yeah. See? We, we're oh, learning. Frog legs. That's part of it. Okay, it frog was, legs. It was, some, it, was some part, it was some part of the frog. Okay. My teacher gave it to me in middle school. Gotcha. It was tasty, like chicken. Okay, okay. So that was pretty much our uh, get to know you warm up drill. Not too bad. You definitely have me on the global warming. I didn't think you were going to answer that. So <laughs> that's really good. So, I mean, I briefly introduced you, but please, I would love for you to just introduce yourself and let the audience know who you are. Uh, what do you do? What's your passion? And yeah. Hi, well, my first name is Patrick, but again, everyone knows me as Chef Bennett. 
Again, I'm the executive chef, car owner, surface, turf, and location in Bridgeport. Specialize in uh, seafood, um, specialize in burgers, wings. I love food. Um, food is my passion. I love feeding people. Um, I'm originally from Stanford, Connecticut, but I traveled, lived in Maryland, I lived in Europe, um, I lived, lived in Atlanta. I just, I love cooking. Right. So that's, that's, that's my passion is just, Plan on just cooking, you know, and just serving the people. You know, so. Okay. And you said you lived in Europe. How has yes, Europe influenced your cooking? So with me, a lot of times when I lived in Europe, I was young, I was like seventeen, mm-hmm. and not not the slightest, but the food in Europe is a little bit different. Right. So, you know, it, 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 but it taught me, like, simple things. Like, you know, the best things I used to eat in Europe was kebabs. It was, like, the Indian stores, and they were so good. You know, it was one of my favorites, just the fries and all. But I wouldn't say the food in Europe is good, mm-hmm. but it definitely taught me certain foods that I would like and certain foods that I didn't like. Okay. So what exactly led you to becoming a chef? Because... I, for one, I don't know what that life path looks like, what kind of education you would have to have for that. And that's not a typical, I I don't want to call it an occupation because I I assume it's something that you love to do, but you don't meet too many chefs. At least I haven't. Yeah, so me personally, my role to become a chef is a little bit different. I never had culinary school. But I've worked in a lot of kitchens. I've worked in a soul food kitchen. I've worked in an African Caribbean kitchen. Uh, and it was more with my grandmothers. My grand, one of my grandmothers is from North Carolina. My grandmother, uh, she's from Jamaica. So I, I was raised by them. So I always used to watch them cook. And I used to always watch them cook up something. Right. Not saying that one day I'm going to become a chef. It just was a passion that I, I really started in my, my late 20s. And it just started with just me cooking and just from watching YouTube, watching Chop, going on Pinterest, just learning different flavors and putting everything that I, that God given talent mm-hmm. that He provided me. So I was lucky enough not to go to culinary school. I mean, I don't slight it anyway. I just think that God has given me the passion and the tools and, being around these two heroic um, black women taught me how to cook, and and it was it was crazy, it was amazing because the whole time I was around them, I was training mm. and not even knowing. So that was priceless training that they provided me. Wow, and I I think that's awesome. We as a black culture, food is our is our love language. I mean, it teaches us about our family. It gives us soul. It connects people. It brings us all together to the dinner table, of course, and we have amazing conversations. Um, it's it's just one of those things that's a part of our history that we can always look back on and be like, wow, I love my, my mom's cooking or my grandmother made this best dish. And everyone's got the argument, like nobody makes sweet potato pie better than my grandmother. So right. I definitely understand where you're coming from when you say that they're a big influence on who you are now as a chef. And I'm sure they're super proud of you. Um, And it's funny that you mentioned that you believe it's a God-given talent because 
I was recently reading a passage that explained the beauty of executing out your dreams, which kind of led me to having this conversation with you. Um, I really want to start interviewing people who are just following goals that their heart is set on and not necessarily following the crowd or just doing the typical nine to five. So in this passage, it had said, your dream is located right in the heart of your greatest strengths. Uh Oh, and I'm losing my passage. Okay, your dream is located right in the heart of your greatest strengths, your most amazing talents and your strongest desires. Not where you have weakness, not where you struggle to even be average, not where you hate doing things. What is what is exactly like your long term dream as a chef? So my long term dream as a chef is first and foremost like to franchise Surfers Turf. Mm-hmm. I want to have Surfers Turf worldwide. Um, another dream for me is to have a culinary school, culinary programs implemented in inner school, inner city schools. A mm-hmm. lot of times, um, you'll see kids. Um, have health issues or obesity issues due to the fact that they don't know how to cook or their right. parents can't cook or they're eating McDonald's every day. And we know that McDonald's is not the same McDonald's as it was back in the early 90s. You know, so it's, it, that, that's a dream of mine, but I, I just want everyone to experience our first trip. I want to have my own, I want to be able to go and shop. Right. I want to be in a full network. I want to. I want to. Ex- I want to expand my brand through food. I mm. love to. I just love feeding people. You know the joy, the excitement that people get. And you know it's not something that I ever had to go to school for. I just learned, and it, it's a rare a lot of times. You know, just right. the the journey of getting here. And the, the 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 just not not even knowing how far I can go. Just allowing God take. Right. To wherever he needs me to go, you know? So that's just, I just want to, I just want many people on this earth to experience my food. That's my legacy. You know, just, that's my legacy to, to know that, you know, Chef Bentley, his food was fine. I enjoyed his food. So that, that's my, that's my legacy, just to create a legacy in the culinary art. And also, I mean, we didn't really get to talk much about the restaurant itself. And again, it is called, Surfers Turf, and you're located in Bridgeport, but yeah. kind of give us an yeah. idea of what is on your menu, uh, what kind of flavors you're serving up, and what would a customer expect when they were coming to your establishment? Okay, so we try to provide the utmost uh, experience, and unlike any other takeout you've ever been to, we are extremely courteous. Shout out to my boy, G and John, both the teams, just three of us. Um, you can come in there, like for example, on Tuesdays, we have lobster rolls, two for $25. The lobster rolls are amazing. Uh, we have crab legs, we have, uh, wings, we have an assortment, assortment of wings, from garlic parmesan to honey embassy. We have crab bites, uh, we have burgers, salads, we have salmon patties. Everything is made fresh, and we, we try to provide you with the best service you can, like I said. With smile, try to put a smile on your face. The food is very flavorful. Um, again, if you want to check us out, you go on Instagram at Surfburst Turf. And we just try to, you know, we've been open since January and we just try to give Bridgeport 
um, and the people of Bridgeport and Connecticut. Right. Something to be proud of, you know. Something to put, put on the map that, you know, when we go to Connecticut, oh, we got to shop at Surfers Turf. So. Right. The food is excellent, you know. When you ever get, any, ever get a chance, come and check us out. And since you guys have only been open since January, were you affected anyway by COVID and by, you know, just social distancing, quarantine, this huge pandemic? See, this is this. We're going through a time like no other. Like we've never been through a pandemic, so we right. opened right before the pandemic, and luck, luckily we stayed open because we were a takeout. We wouldn't. When me and my partner were designing Surfers Turf, our whole design was to have a takeout with limited seating. And lo and behold, that allowed us to continue open. Right. So we've definitely seen the pandemic stop. Um, probably more people than we, than we've seen that foot traffic, but the thing about our food and the thing about Surfers Turf is we get a lot of returning customers. So. Okay. We're just thankful and grateful that people actually gave us an opportunity. Because I know a lot of restaurants can't say the same. You know, a lot of restaurants are have closed. So, you know, we're just thankful. We just take every day. And every day, just it was Groundhog Day. You start again. <laughs> your best was good yesterday. It, it's Groundhog Day. You know, you just, you get your regular customers. You know, always put a smile on people's faces and, you know, you just want to give that great, we call it that Chick-fil-A customer service. Right. Because everyone on Chick-fil-A is, they make you feel like family. (laughs) Right, right. You you are an awful person if you can be rude to someone on Chick-fil-A, by the way. Right, right. They're so nice. They're so courteous. Wow. So it seems as though business-wise, things have been really good for you during the pandemic, but... Has there been, if any, what has been like your greatest struggle during this time, even in your personal life? Now, even with business, I would definitely say business has been blessed. I can't, I can't complain. You know, we we always want more. But the biggest struggle during the pandemic would possibly just be not being able to be around your family. Mm-hmm. You know, not being able to be close to your family, you know, the loved ones that you may have in another state or that you may be frequently able to see, you know, because I'm big on family. Right. You know, we only get, we only have one family. So the pandemic stopped a lot of people from traveling, stopping people from living life, you know. Yeah. Well, vacations, weddings, you know, our proms, graduations. So just the biggest struggle I have is just coming, just getting used to the norm, mm-hmm. which is not the norm anymore. Right. You know, putting your mask. I know we've all done gone to the car and came back and forgot our masks. You know, something that we have to learn to live. And we never know if the world's going to be the same. Right, and right. So it's it, it just coping, coping with you. And I don't watch TV, you know, because TV just is going to, Fill your mind up and not make you want to go outside. So just making sure, just staying focused on the goals at hand and not letting everything. It seems like the world is just falling apart. Just making sure you're doing your part right. to make the world a better place. And in a sense, you are doing your part as a chef because you're providing food, and food 
we know it releases these endorphins that makes us feel happy or, or makes us feel calm. Yeah. Um, so I always compare the work of a chef as to the work as a therapist. We're, we're providing a service oh. to people who have a need uh, and hoping to produce some kind of happy toxins, happy hormones in some kind oh. of way. And we're dealing with people's people attitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how people dance when they get good food. So. People, yeah. I, I am a dancer when I get good food. I, I will do <laughs> the happy dance because I, I love food and I love sleep. I think I've told <laughs> the listeners before, I, I love my sleep and I love my food. So, yes, you will see me do a happy dance. Yeah. What's your favorite food? Oh, I love seafood. That that I mean, I'm a cancer. That is already in my sign. So yeah, I love. um, But specifically from I guess the seafood, it would have to be mussels. Uh, That is absolutely my favorite. So yeah, mussels. Yeah, definitely with some with some lemon garlic. Gotta get the lemon garlic. Okay, I don't think I've had mussels with lemon (laughs) garlic before, but. I can definitely come by and try that. Yeah. We don't have muscles on the menu, but we do have great crab legs. Okay. So getting back to some of our interview questions, uh, if you can describe a defining moment in your life, and this can be as far-fetched as possible. Um, Don't think too hard about it, but something that you really feel set the tone for you in your life. You know, I speak a lot, and I try to use my platform and speak a lot about how good God is. Mm-hmm. How good God, God works in mysterious ways, in ways that we don't even know. Right. Um, what, today is three years from the day that I got fired at my job for nine years in corporate America. Wow. Three years ago today. And that was the most defining moment because. A lot of people felt bad for me. A lot of people were sad for me, but I felt like my life had just began. Because mm. immediately after, three weeks from that time of me losing my job, I went to Atlanta and I just started cooking, selling plates in a barber shop, you know, and really just posting on my Instagram. Wow. I created Bentley Bites, which was a catering company where I just started doing private chefs. And then I came back up to Baltimore selling plates. So right. I, I, it just always was like, it was, if I never got fired, I was, I was tired of working for somebody else. I was tired of making pretty good money, but seeing somebody else prosper while I'm doing right, my work. Right. It was just a blessing that they fired me. You know, I got fired and I went full, full throttle, you know, and I'm just thankful. Because at that time, like, I had blind faith. You know, they always say you can't have, you can't have faith in fear. Right. You know, you always have to, you always have to be faithful. So it's just so crazy how there's three years today that I got fired and you asked me that question. So. And I don't know. I don't know if you follow the podcast on Twitter, but I also had posed this question this week. Uh, pretty much, would you continue to take to chase the dream if it didn't earn you any money? And I think a lot of people get stuck or become complacent in their 
jobs, careers is because they're afraid to really step out of the box and and chase a dream because we don't know the outcome. And so for you to say, you know, three years ago, I got fired from a corporate job. I mean, most people would be like, how did you lose a corporate job? Oh my God, you were earning X amount of money. Uh, You know, everyone has this idea that being in corporate America means you're set for life. I think it's, you're really set as a slave for life because you, like you said, you are producing something for someone else higher than you and they're benefiting from it. And so essentially you're saying you went into this passion with blind faith. That's, that's scary. I don't know what your life was like three years ago, but you were out there selling plates. And now you are part owner of an establishment. Correct. That is good. Yes, you know, he they is. Always say, they, they always say um, corporations, they pay you a wage so you can forget your dream. Right. You know, so right. you pay your salary. So. And, it, and it's just, it's a blessing. It's a rare and It's just, it's just going to get better. It's, and it, it's amazing. I would have never thought this in a million years. Like, I'm really living my dream every day. Right. I'm just thankful for it, you know. I'm just thankful that I got this opportunity. And I just wonder if, if I can use my testimony to to give to somebody else who's, who's doubting themselves because the money doesn't always come. Right. You can't do it for the money. You can't. You can't do it. I mean, it sounds crazy, but you can't do it for... Once you love it, the money will just come. You know, once you have the love for it, and once you want to see, want to see yourself prosper and see people prosper around you, it'll all come together. Right, and not only that, you are a young black man in America, and that's why I feel like it was so important to have you kind of start off with this "follow your dreams" theme that I'm I'm wanting to put out, especially now with so much of. The Black Lives Matter movement, which continues to grow month by month, week by week, it seems as though when it gets quiet, there's another death or another shooting that's happening. Uh, And with the election coming up soon and just people being blatantly disrespectful and racist and putting out opinions that are just hurtful. I mean, what advice would you give to men on how to stay grounded? Um how to stay level-headed, and just continue to push forward? Well, first, you got to uphold yourself as a king. And I always feel like we see kings with these robes and these crowns, not knowing that we're all kings. So if you all feel like you're royalty, you're always going to hold yourself up high. I always feel like men... We're supposed to be leaders, but it's okay to be vulnerable as well. It's okay to be fearful. You know, fearful of not fearful of not knowing what's going to happen, but it's fearful of you know life. Life is scary. As a black man in America, you don't know whether or not you're going to go outside and die. You know, it's the reality. Right. You, know, you never know what can happen, and it's scary. But at the same time, I feel that we we need to have more unity within each other and just and just with that just loving yourself and just spreading love instead of hate because I think a lot of times people um, they just they're just so selfish and so individualistic that they just 
don't care about everybody else around them. Right. So I feel like if we carry ourselves as royalty, if we treat our women as queens, if we treat our our kids as, hey, this, I'm raising future kings and queens of this world. Like we can never change our skin color, and and I speak directly to black men because it's hard. You know, no one knows the things that we go through, even with black women, they understand. But it's hard to be in America in 2020. Like they're marching in, they're marching in, they're marching in DC today, right. 57 years ago, Martin Luther King spoke. So it's just a systematic racism that we deal with. But as I tell people, we still got to continue to educate ourselves, um, make sure we be, become financial, come financially able to, to, to help us, to help raise our community, you know? Right. So I think we just need to care more. We need to care and love more. That's how I keep telling you, just love more. Because the more you love yourself, less contagious. Right. If everyone had love, there would be no hate in this world. So I just agree. stay focused and just continue to show love. That's what I, that's what I try to live by. And educating yourself, like you said, is so important. I'm sure you have to have some kind of financial literacy when it comes to being a chef or being a business owner, because it's not just, oh, I want to do this. I'm going to make food. I mean, you got to know how to do contracting with other people. You have to know how to plan out a menu. I'm not sure if you're running the register, but you have to know how to, you know, add and subtract. And I think that a lot of people don't realize the hard work that is put into creating a platform or having content. And this is something else that I've been stressing in a lot of my episodes because it's it's not easy work. Even for me, this is my 12th episode and I'm still learning. And I'm, I'm, I have no issues with asking other podcasters, hey, how did you do this? And I think that goes into that love factor too, being open to asking for help and giving help to other people and just supporting one another. Uh, that's how we're really going to grow as a culture and as a society. All right. Uh, we just need more. We, we need more of each other. Yes. You know, you know, we need more unity. And just band together because you know, if we won't do it, all else will, you know? Right. Right. I'm hoping that the kings that are listening are taking notes. I usually provide a lot of the queens with notes, but... I think you really laid down some good information for people today. Um, and again, I mean, our dreams are exactly where all of our talents, our desires and our passions are. And you kind of just put in the work for it to all come together. So I I definitely applaud you for following your dreams. Losing a job okay. and then just stepping out there on faith is very scary. So kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you for having me on this. For letting me be on your platform. Absolutely. That's my dream. Yeah. Well, you're always shouting out the page. It. You're always shouting out the podcast. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your podcast is great. I, every time I listen to it, I learn something. Thank so, you. Uh, it's always good to, to, to listen and then actually be, get to be on the show. Like, that's awesome. I appreciate it. Yes. You're part of the the dream team. I can't say the queens, but <laughs> I'll call it the dream team. 
So as we're coming to an end, I always ask, is there any questions that you have for me? Yes, I have one question for you. If you, because you're not speaking a lot of Europe, um, I just thought it was fitting. Um, if you could live outside of the country, anywhere, what would it be and why? So it's funny you ask that. I feel like this is a question that is not typically asked, uh, but I always express my love for Paris. Um, I was supposed to travel to Paris this summer for my 30th birthday. And sadly, that trip was canceled due to COVID. Uh, and really just because our government can't get their lives together so that Americans are allowed to travel. But that's another conversation. Um, but I would love to live in Paris. Uh, okay. it, it, I can. <laughs> I want to at least be able to travel there. Um, right. But it wasn't until I actually... I don't speak French, no. I speak okay. some Spanish, and that's because I took honor Spanish in high school. So that doesn't really count. That's not real okay. Spanish. Uh, but it wasn't until I traveled to New Orleans, and I loved shopping. I loved the boutiques. And I asked one of the owners, like, oh, where, where did these boutiques come from? Where are the ideas? And she said it's everything is based from Paris, from their architecture, a lot of their wow. food. It's all French based. And so I was like, okay, I want to travel to Paris. I want to live in Paris. Um, I definitely would love to experience their culture. Of course, I would like love to the travel to Africa. Africa. Yes, the food is amazing. And I would eat escargot, so. Oh, yeah, I'm not too sold on that yet. Yeah. Maybe one day. But anything out of America right now is probably better because right. we are just. We just can't get it together as a country. And we, we're supposed to be, you know, this most powerful. The world leaders, you know, just laughing at us. But right. we're doing our part, you know, keep on. We got to dream like Martin Luther King said. We just got to continue to dream and just put that work in daily, you know. Nah, this is ghetto. We are becoming a third world country. <laughs> right. It's absolutely it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. But yes, as we come to a close, uh, please give the audience any kind of information needed about the restaurant, how they can connect with you guys, um, whatever oh, you'd like definitely. to give. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, I know people may not have Facebook, but if you have Instagram, you can just go to Surf DS, DS and Victor, and as in Turf. Um, we'll pull, pull right up. You can Google us, Surfers Turf, we're on Yelp, we're on Uber Eats. Um, we're, we're open, uh, Tuesdays through, through, uh, Saturdays, close Sunday and Monday. Okay. Um, again, you, you can call in, you can order online. Um, just, just give us an opportunity. I, I think you'll be pretty happy with, with your result. You know, if you come in for a burger, if you want to come in for some wings, some mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, if you want to follow us on Facebook, the same survey as sir. We just appreciate y'all for coming through. And we always tell, and we always tell people the reason why surfers turf, because you know, team turf, if you like 
like your bur- you like your burgers, right? You like your wings, or tin surf. You like your you, you like your catfish, your whiting. So okay. come see the team you want to rep when you come down and check us out. Well, I'm definitely team surf. I'm okay. all about the seafood, so I'm coming for that. <laughs> all right. And just to even switch it up more, I always end with the Queens recognized Queens, but because you are my first male guest, I have to say Queens recognized Kings. Thank you. Thank you so much for this interview. I'm looking forward to collaborating with your establishment somehow in the near future. I think I'm going to start hosting some Queen events when Mm. our social distancing is a little bit more lax and you can't have an event without food. So I would love to connect with some yeah, kind definitely. of catering. Okay. And yes, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate the time.